Human beings love freedom. There is no absolute freedom at all. Sometimes we live in a world that has not yet learned that particular lesson. As we live in this world, we live in a society. As we live in a society, there are rules and regulations. First of all, they are guided by God. And second of all, they're guided by the the laws of the land in which we live. But we have that desire, and I appreciate Nolan reading the scripture this morning. I always appreciate him reading, and I look forward to uh, Seth and then Mitch and Noah being able to have those opportunities as time unfolds to read scriptures as well. And uh, it's always a joy to see the growth that we have in Christ Jesus, to remind ourselves of the freedoms that we have because of what God has done for us and what God has given to us through his word. Stand fast in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Again, there's no such thing as absolute freedom. That's anarchy, and anarchy doesn't survive. We do not live without rules and regulations, regardless of who we are. We're in a society, it doesn't matter who they are. There are rules and there are regulations along the way. And there are consequences for abiding by the rules and consequences for not abiding by the rules. And again, it matters not if it's a godly group of people gathered together, if it's a society of people that have something in common, even if it's an ungodly group of people. There are rules and regulations. Uh, The mob has their rules and regulations. As long as you abide by them, you're okay. If you do not, there are consequences. The hell's angels, from my time frame, uh, they had their rules and their regulations as well. If you dress like they dress, if you act like they act, if if you spoke as they spoke, you were okay. But if you did not, You did not fit into their society. We have a opportunity, responsibility, an obligation to the one who has chosen to redeem us from the consequences of sin that separates us from God. It's a choice that he made being the Father and also being the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's a decision that they made long before the world was ever created. That he, they, they would provide a means of redemption of freedom from sin or the consequences of sin. But again, the rules have been set forth to follow the dictates that he has laid out within his word. God, through human history, has set various rules or regulations in place for a period of time. Again, one is to lead us towards what he was ultimately striving for, would be the coming of Christ. 
the redemption on the cross, to live in a life because of what Christ did for that hope of an eternal home with him one day. He gave us the patriarchs who were the spokesmen for the families and for the society in which they lived, leading up to the law of Moses. And at times, again, it's a reminder to us of we deal with time. We deal with the patriarchs. We deal with the law of Moses. We deal with the Christian age. We deal with leading into eternity with God. And sometimes we make those separations and we put them in categories without understanding that God had a purpose before he started of how this would all unfold and that it would work in sequence to how he wanted it to be. And there were lessons for all of that, for the patriarchs and their speaking, for their guidance, but then to expand it out for a largest group of society, which would be the Israelites, the giving of a law for them to separate them from the people with which they were associated with, to set by, set by, set down rules and regulations, commandments, and all of that basically again was not just because of what he was doing then, but was to show mankind as time would unfold that we did not fully abide by the patriarchs given the law of Moses, but they did not follow it. They did not keep his commandments. Or as they were keeping his commandments, they chose which ones they wanted to keep and then minimized the ones that they were not keeping. Leading us to the fact of showing us the depths of God's love. That even with all of the mistakes that man had made, even with all the setbacks, <clears throat> excuse me, with all the setbacks that had developed along the way, God never lessened in his love for man. His desire ultimately was to show again that without Christ, there was no hope. There was never forgiveness of sins. Sins were just simply rolled forward from year to year under the uh, Mosaic age. And again, that's a reminder to us that as you look at that as part of a continual plan of God, is showing the cost for transgression. During the Mosaic age, the cost was imposed upon the animals that were sacrificed. And from the beginning of the sacrifices in the wilderness, even before in, in Egypt as they had the redemption through the blood of the lamb on the uh, doorpost and the lintel, there is no way to estimate or to guesstimate, to speculate how many innocent animals lost their lives because of man's sin. And yet it was never, ever sufficient to remove sin. Part of that to lay a foundation for that blood of Jesus Christ that would be shed upon the cross 
for our freedom from sin. Of all those animals that lost their lives could never be sufficient. How great, how precious was that blood of Jesus upon the cross. Sufficient to remove sin that would no longer be remembered by God. Again, under the Israelites, it simply moved forward from year to year. They constantly, it was constantly there. But the blessing we have and the price that was paid, nothing on this earth would be sufficient enough to remove the guilt and the payment for the sins of mankind. But the blood of the Son of God would be that sacrifice that would be sufficient for all of time. Never need it to be repeated, as were the other bloods that were offered by the animals. Never had to be repeated. How great is that cost for our freedom? Every freedom that we enjoy comes with a price. Every freedom that we have, there was a cost that was involved in our having that freedom. And whatever it may have been, whatever part of society, part of the world in which we live, in which these freedoms were gained, the prices that were paid. And how, if not careful, we can lose that importance, that significance, and that value of that sacrifice of Christ. We live at the tail end of what has been described as the greatest generation on this earth that fought and died for the freedom that we have today. And yet today, as that number continues to dwindle, its importance has basically been forgotten. They forgot what it cost for us to be free. And if we're not careful, we can forget what it costs for us to be free from sin. No way to adequately describe that death of Jesus. No way to, to read even the gospel accounts and see or to picture that imagery of the Son of God upon a tree. Of there being blackness on the earth from noon to 3 p.m. And no way that human mind could ever describe or give a reason for that. Outside of God in heaven. Aware of his son upon that tree. Becoming sin. For humanity. And dying for humanity. 
Nowhere to describe the agony that went on by those that saw that. And who did not understand it. As you read about the resurrection, they had no concept of what was really going to take place. That he'd be raised that third day, they did not believe that. That's the disciples, let alone the people in society. And then for us to take life so casually, to take sin and transgression in our life so casually, failing to comprehend that cost. See, and again, it's interesting that in all that God did and all that Christ did, that God would choose what we call the Lord's Supper as that way to remember. Such easy items. We've made it easier to partake and to respect the distance, if you will. We've developed the prepackaged communion sets. The prayer is that we have not put Christ in a prepackaged concept of what he's done. Yes, it's just unleavened bread. And yes, it's just fruit of the vine. So common and readily available. And yet, how precious of what it represents. What memories come to mind? Do we think about what we've done? Do we remember the promises that God has given? that sufficiency of that one sacrifice reminded in Romans 10 not Romans 10 Hebrews 10 verse 17 and 18 their sins and their iniquities I will remember no more says the Lord and where there is forgiveness of the transgression there is no more a sacrifice to be offered one time is sufficient And God is patient. God is forbearing. And God works with us. He's freedom. We have freedom from that bondage of sin. Isaiah reminds us in Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2, that the hand of the Lord is not so short that he cannot save nor is the ear of the Lord so dull that he cannot hear. But your sins and your iniquities have placed a barrier between you and God. Your sins have a barrier between you and God. And we can have freedom from that barrier through that sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. 
We have freedom from the traditions that man sets. And man does set them. We have them here. Traditions that we have. They're not what ties us to God. It's not what ties us to one another. Simply because we sing a set number of songs. We have a prayer. More songs. Lord's Supper. Another song. The preaching. And another song. The invitation. And the closing song. That's a tradition we have. We're not bound by that. It's not what ties us together. We come together to admonish one another, to encourage one another by our being here. But our being here is because of what Jesus did on that cross. That's the ultimate freedom that he extends to us. That we could have that hope of eternal life with him one day. It's not the works that we do. It's the life that we live. God's people have always got caught up in the works. As long as I do a certain number of works, I'm okay. And sometimes that's moved over to Christianity. If I do a certain number of works, if I do them in a certain particular way, then I'm okay with God. I've met my requirements on satisfy the conditions and I'm okay and God has never asked for the works he's always asked for the heart and when the heart is given to God the works follow and they're not works for works sake they're works that we do because of what God has done for us through that sacrifice that freedom that is ours to be able to gather together. The freedom is ours to be able to gather together and to worship, to praise, and to glorify God within our lives. We have a freedom in our liberty. And ours is again to watch and to read what it is that God would want us to do. He gave us his scriptures. Remind us in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15 to study the scriptures, to give diligence to them so that we could rightly divide those. And again, it's not just dividing patriarchal, mosaic, and Christian age in heaven. They are involved. There are rules and regulations that follow that fall in each one of those time frames but it's rightly dividing them learning where they at it's not just rightly dividing them and learning where they're at but it's learning the lessons from them how we can get into the rut how we can serve God and then generations down the road we forgot why what was involved in that. Scriptures to remind us of what we went through or what the Jewish people went through. But above all of that is again to see the hand of God. From Ephesians 1, 4, from before the foundation of the world, God laid the plan of salvation. Before the foundation of the world, 
God already knew what needed to be done. God already knew how it was going to be done. And ours is to trust Him. I have my concept of what I think is good. I have my concept of what I think would be pleasant. I have my concept of what I think is right. But salvation is not based on my concept of what I think is right. My relationship to God is not based on my perception that I'm doing the right things and making the right decisions. It's based upon a mind, a soul, and a heart that has been given to God first. The rest are just the minor details. But if I love the Lord my God with all of my heart, every emotion that I can imagine, every relationship that I can think about, if I love God with all of that, all of my heart, and with all of my soul, understanding that complete allegiance, love and devotion, one that God demonstrated towards me to plan my salvation and then for me to respond with my soul and with all of my strength. Everything I have, everything that I do is because of God. Is it? Israel of old forgot it. Christians in the first century forgot it. The patriarchs forgot it. What makes us think that we're going to be different? Renew your spirit day by day. Love him with all of the heart. The blessings that he gives liberally, liberally, I think of what I want to think of in liberal blessings. And I forget some of the most important ones. I think about how he blesses me in the physical realm, how he's watched over me, how he's watched over my health, how he's watched my family and spiritual family, and I can go through a whole host of of blessings. Have I counted the liberal blessings? the love of God, the love of Christ, the love of the Spirit in heaven. Are there not rich blessings? Everything else, does it really matter? If I suffer ill health, if I suffer loss of job, if I go through whatever else we can come up with, have I looked at how richly we have been blessed by the living God. Is it seen in the life that we live? We have freedom in Christ. That freedom has a price. 
But there's nothing that we can give, nothing that we can do, nothing that we can say that even comes close to what we already have because of the love of God. His blessings are rich. They are for those who are willing to accept what he has done for us through his sacrifice. The thought of preparing to meet God. If if it was not for the love of Christ, that song is a terrifying song. You prepare, you prepare, you prepare to meet God. You stand before him face to face and you answer him. What will your answer be? For the Christian, that answer is given through Christ. My sin or my blood has washed their sins away. They're pure and they're holy. And I'm giving them back to you, Father. Hmm. How are you preparing for that day? You decide day by day. You decide today how you're going to prepare to meet God. If the life is not where it needs to be and you need to make a change in your life, if we could assist you, if we could help you in any way in that decision, we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.